Hey everyone, welcome to today's Take Heart. I don't know if you are the sort of person who remembers your dreams, but I tend to forget most of mine and the ones I do remember don't seem to make any sense. But there is, in the Christmas story, a dream that is so significant it gets recorded in the scripture. And you can find it in Matthew chapter 1. Matthew tells us the story of the birth of Jesus and he does it from the perspective of Joseph. And with this particular dream, Joseph has decided he's going to divorce Mary. They're legally engaged and that was the same thing as being legally married in those days, hence the language of divorce. But Mary is pregnant and he knows it's not from him. So he's going to divorce Mary and then he goes to sleep one night. He has a dream. The very next morning he wakes up and totally has done a complete U-turn and takes Mary as his wife. So what was the dream that caused that turnaround? Um, I'll read it to you. It's, it's uh, verse 20 of chapter 1. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So not only is the angel saying to Joseph, Mary has not had an affair, the angel saying the news of the fact that God has become a person. It's this astonishing, stunning, mind-blowing piece of news that the angel's giving to Joe. And he must have, I just can't imagine what that must have been like to try and absorb that and to take that in. The Jews were expecting a Messiah, but they didn't think it was going to be God himself coming. I think of it a bit like, um, I don't know if you've ever watched those videos on YouTube that do the rounds sometimes about um, military personnel who come home for a surprise visit. And, you know, there are little, there are these beautiful videos of them surprising, for example, their kids. You know, the, there's the eight year old sitting in a school assembly and dad walks in in his military uniform and you just see the kids running and throwing themselves at their dad and just the tears on both of their faces. And it's incredibly moving because of just the raw emotion that is on display and you see this glimpse into the love that exists between these two people. But it's kind of it's kind of a bit like that. They were they were thinking, you know, I'm gonna FaceTime my dad on Christmas and you know that'd be okay, and then suddenly there he is in real life. And for the Jews, they thought God was gonna send a Messiah, a representative of God who was gonna lead them to freedom. But what Joseph is being told by the angel is that God is coming himself. He's not sending somebody else in his stead. He's coming himself. This isn't just proof that God exists. This is the message that God has come close, that he's come near. And it's not just that Joe has to absorb this news, but also he's given instructions by the angel. So the angel says to him two things. Number one, take Mary home as your wife. Number two, when the baby's born, give him the name Jesus. And we're told when Joseph wakes up, he does both of those things. He follows the commands to the letter. I was reading a book by Tim Keller about Christmas and he's writing about this and he just points out the courage that Joseph had to show in order to do what the angel tells him in that moment. And he just says that to be a Christian, to, to make the decision to follow Jesus, it does require bravery. And I don't think it requires bravery just at the start. I think it requires bravery and, co and courage all the way through as we follow him. And just think for Joseph what that would have involved. First of all, 
the courage to lay down your reputation. You know, he's living in a shame and honour culture. People know, you know, if Mary's pregnant, they, they either assume she's had an affair or that they haven't waited until they got married to have sex. And, and the shame that would have come from that would have stuck with them for the rest of their lives. They would have been second-class citizens. Joseph has the opportunity still to walk away and the courage to take Mary home as his wife and both of them live under that stigma. He's, he's shooting his reputation to pieces. And for us today, we're living at a time where actually we're not persecuted in the West in the way that many Christians around the world today still are. But, but we will look foolish to some people, people who, who, who we might be close to, people whose opinion we would really value whose approval really matters to us. When we say yes to worshipping Jesus, to glorifying him as God himself, people may think we're fools. And it takes courage to just decide, I'm going to do it anyway, because I believe it's true. Joseph needed to have courage to, to name the baby Jesus. What, what that is, the courage that that involved, was the courage to lay down your own um, autonomy really, your, your ability to just decide for yourself what you want to do with your life and go where you want to go. In those days a father named the son, that was how it worked and yet Joseph here is being told what he's to call Jesus. He's giving up that right that belonged to him um, to, to God and the, the, the culture that we live in today is one where that, that sort of so puts on a pedestal self-expression look inside yourself find out who you are and just express that and be that and whilst there's some real merits to that and real positive things you know i think the generations that have gone ahead of us could have done that a lot better and a lot more actually we've got to remember that when we say yes to following jesus we're submitting to a lord it's not just that we're receiving a friend or that we're receiving a savior even we are submitting to a king, our will to his will. So our decisions become decisions that we put before him. We go where we're told. We do what he says. The courage to deny ourselves and to follow him is one that we'll need to find time and time again, even when we don't understand what he's saying to us, um, and especially when we don't understand or we don't want to. It's, it's the bravery to, to obey him in those situations. If Joseph had to show his courage, though, it's nothing in comparison to the courage we see when we look at Jesus and the fact that he comes as a vulnerable little baby. The Lord of heaven gives up in that moment, as it were, the throne room of heaven and the armies of angels, and he comes alone as a vulnerable little boy and really from the moment he's born, he's pursued by enemies. So Joseph ends up having to take Mary and Jesus and flee to Egypt just in chapter two as Herod tries to hunt them down. And really that hunt for Jesus never really ended until the cross when he finally died. The courage of God to come and to endure darkness and scorn and no reputation and ultimately pain and shame and death. He, he God, in the message of Christianity, is courageous and is brave. And the source of his bravery and the source of his courage has to be his love. If you've ever seen one of those little wildlife programs where you see kind of like a tiny little mother creature, like a little mouse or something, defending her babies against some big predator, 
she's got no chance, she's totally outmatched, but it's the courage that comes from fighting for those that you love. And if you feel like you need more courage, courage to look like a fool for the sake of Jesus, courage to, to give up something that God is asking us to give up, then that courage comes from love as well. And it comes from falling in love afresh with him. And what I want to do and what I encourage all of us to do if we can this Christmas is meditate again on the God who is love and the God who comes as this baby Jesus to fall in love with him again that we might bravely and courageously follow him as he leads us. God bless.